Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. By the same token, we go to the world and we tell them about Christ and we say, I got most of this out of my life. And we stop at most. Let's get back in. Let's, st- let's take our time and get washed there in the sink. Let's get washed. Let's get washed. Let's get washed. Let the Lord wash us. Hallelujah. Which is going to be a daily process. Hallelujah. So that he can serve you. I'm mostly a Christian. Well, what else are we? There's going to have to be a difference. When we make a decision, they will make a When we make a distinction, rather, they will make a decision. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Well, I believe at this time it's it's of the Lord's will for me to go ahead and give you the word that uh, uh, he has planned. You know what? As we're about to do this, the Lord really dealt with me. Um, uh, this week and over the last few weeks, you know, really by and large in the American church, at least James, in the American church, uh, it has been centered around the preaching of the word. And in some places it's been centered around the, the choir. You know, if the choir does well, well, then everything is fine. If there's not good music, then I don't really want to go there. If there's not good preaching, then I really don't want to go there. Right. It has been centered around different things, but by and large, it has not been centered around God. Hasn't been centered around everybody coming to worship him, having a mind to honor him and to love him and to adore him. It has not been centered around him. It's been centered around us, centered around our pleasure and our desires right? If everything is right, if it's, if it's not too hot, if it, it can't be too cold in there, the music again has got to be good. The preaching has really got to be good. Everybody's got to be really nice. And if it is, if, if everything is just right, I may go back again. Isn't that right? By and large, it has been fleshly. It has not been, uh, the Lord Jesus said that the time is coming that the true worshipers will worship the Lord, worship the Father in spirit and in truth. As you know, we've been in a series entitled Restore the Glory. And a part of restoring the glory is that we must begin to honor Father. We must begin to honor him in all things. Let's just stay in this flow for a moment. Because again, in the modern day church, our Christian experience for many is just a Sunday morning thing. We are Christians on Sunday morning, but then after church, we become something else. In many places, if you excuse the expression, we become like werewolves. We change. Right? We change. When the moon is up, we change. I've heard people say, don't make me lay my religion down. Don't make me do it. I'll take out, excuse me, Jesus. I'm going to handle you and give some choice curse words to people. And they say, I love Jesus. I'm a Christian. But that's only on Sunday morning. But it was never intended to be that way. 
Your relationship with Christ is meant to spring every single day of your life. You're meant to live by the Spirit every day. Live in the Spirit every day. Hallelujah. Not just a Sunday morning saint. Hallelujah. The world needs evidence. People need evidence of a true walk with Christ. And if we're going to walk in the power of God, we're going to have to be real and genuine. And someone that is real and genuine cannot take off Christianity, cannot take off Christ when it is convenient. When you want to get in the flesh, excuse me, Lord. There's no such thing. It's either you're in or you're out. There's no uh, two ways about it. There's no in the middle here. There's no gray area. It's either you're saved or you're not. The only people that will respect that duality or, or that sort of hypocritical life are those that are also hypocrites. The world does not respect that. And the devil, your enemy, show does not respect that. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. So good morning, everybody. Welcome once again to our services this morning. Welcome to our online community that are gathering from all around the world. We celebrate you guys. We thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for taking the time to listen and to watch. We know the Lord has a divine blessing in store for you today. And we're so thankful that you're here to be a part of it. Well, we're going to go into part number six uh, of this series entitled Restore the Glory. Restore the glory. That is really the cry of the spirit in this hour. Restore the glory to the church. Restore the glory to the body of Christ. You know, the Bible says as well that we have to come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. But, you know, you cannot be separate without the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the world system, because of uh, sin, it's sticky. And it tends to stick on you and stick with you. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. And it is very attractive and it is very appealing and it is addictive. Online community, you know what I'm talking about? It is very addictive. Sin is addictive and it is attractive. If it weren't, we wouldn't do it. If sin was like eating broccoli, no, most of you would never even touch it. Are you hearing me? But it tastes good and it feels good. And it is that feeling that you get. It is the taste that you get of it that keeps you coming back. But every time you come back, you always get a slap and you always feel bad that you did it. All right, online community, it's going to be me and you today. It's just us. It's just us. It's just us. Let me show you some things. We're going to speak from the subject today of evidence. Evidence, evidence, evidence. Let's go to Matthew, the 12th chapter. Matthew 12. Let's look at verses 38 through 41. Let me show you this. There is something that is in us that we can no longer deny. We need evidence. We need evidence. First, I saw this as being something bad, but it's, it's not bad. We need evidence. It is a part of our nature. It is a part of our character. But how you ask and why you ask will make the difference altogether. Let me show you this. Matthew, uh, the 12th chapter, Matthew 12, verse 38 through 41. 
you know, again, as it before we get into that, it, if we've been going to church for 10 years and 15 years and 20 years and 30 years, and if we've seen no evidence of the power of God, if we've we're not seen any miracles, we've not seen God work in our lives, we have done something wrong. After a while, you people want to serve a God that they can feel. Where there is some evidence. And it's good that you have evidence, that you have encounters with God. When was the last time you had an encounter with God where you felt his rich presence, where you knew that he was in the room with you and you knew that your prayers had been heard? It is your right as a child of God, as his child, for you to feel your daddy's touch every once in a while. It is your right to call upon the supernatural power of the kingdom of God to help in time of need. What kind of father would there be if you're having all these resources and you know your child is in need and you won't stretch your hand to help them sometime? We need evidence. We need evidence. We need evidence. And our need for evidence does not mean that we don't believe Jesus. But when we are, when we are believers and we need evidence or require evidence when you receive that evidence it takes you up to a higher level to a higher dimension every encounter you have with God takes you higher 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 and it helps you to trust him more and more and more every time you encounter his presence it helps you to give more of yourself to him are you hearing let me show you this, some things that can happen in a bad way here. Let's look at Matthew, again, Matthew 12, verse 38 through 30, or 38 through 41. It reads like this. Then certain of the scribes and of the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, talking to Jesus, we would see a sign from thee. But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. And there shall no sign be given to it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the belly of, and in, in, rather in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. Why? Because they repented at the preaching of Jonah and behold a greater than Jonas is here Nineveh repented they turn by a word these others were saying Lord show me a sign from heaven if I see a sign then I'll turn then I'll start living right if I see something let me see something but they turn by a word only let me show you this again. Now, that was Matthew 12 chapter. Look at Matthew 16. The Lord Jesus was continually confronted by this. Now, look at Matthew 16, verse 1 through 4. It says, the Pharisees also with the Sadducees came and tempting, rather, and tempting desired him that he would show them a what? Sign from heaven. He answered and said unto them, when it is evening, you say, it will be fair weather for the sky is red and in the morning it will be foul weather uh, today for the sky is red and lowering oh ye hypocrites ye can discern the, the the face 
of the sky, but ye cannot discern the signs of the times. Very important that you understand that. The signs of the time. Verse 4, once again, he says, A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. And there shall no sign be given unto it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. And he left them and departed. So they were saying, I need to see something. When I see something, Jesus, when you can prove to me that you are really Christ, then I'll believe. But listen, an evil and adulterous generation won't believe regardless of what they see. Remember the Lord Jesus told, um, told the parable of Lazarus uh, and the rich man. Lazarus, of course, died. And he, we, he went into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man, of course, he died and was carried away into hell, went to, went to hell. And there, uh, the rich man told Abraham, hey, if you would... He said, uh, send Lazarus back to my family so they can believe, right? He was saying, let my brothers that remain in the earth, let them see this sign. Let them see this wonder of Lazarus being raised from the dead. He said, they'll believe when they see Lazarus raised from the dead. And Abraham told him, no, they won't believe whether they see, even if they see someone that has been resurrected. He says, no, they have Moses and they have the prophets. They have others that will show them a word. If they won't believe them, then they won't believe at all. If a generation doesn't believe in Christ based on his word, then they won't believe at all. But there are some that's on the fence in this generation. They may call themselves agnostics. They say, I believe there's God, but I don't know. I don't know about him. I, I know there's something up there. And people can worship an unknown God and say, I, I believe, but I just don't know what to believe. It is those that are really seeking God that would need to see evidence. And once they see evidence, then they will go on to believe and trust in God. Are you with me? That's where you and I come in. Because some people will only believe when they see something. Look at this. Look at John, the fourth chapter, John four, uh, verse 48. Pastor Nelson and I were talking about this verse the other day. John four, verse 48 says, then said Jesus unto him, except ye see signs and wonders, ye will not believe. Now the Lord said that. So again, the, the ministry of signs and wonders won't cause everyone to believe in Jesus. Some will see, and again, they will still refuse to believe. And uh, as a matter of fact, let's show, let me show you another verse about that. Let's go in Matthew 11, Matthew 11, verse 21. Listen to what this says. The Lord says this, Matthew 11, verse 21. He says, woe unto thee, uh, Chorazin, woe unto thee, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and, and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. So even though these places... They saw the works of Jesus. They saw the miracles that Jesus did, but they still refuse to believe. Now, why are we saying this? Because God's going to use you in time church. He's going to use you in many signs and wonders and miracles. And the first sign and wonder and miracle that he will use is your changed life. People will see you and know that Christ is living in you. We've come to that time when people, uh, you know, people are, people are tired of church. They are tired of Christians. 
They're tired of the fakes. They're tired of the phonies. They're tired of someone. As a matter of fact, when even when I have to do business and I've done some business with contractors here in our in, in our building uh, program and in other places, and even sometime uh, in other ministry forms, when someone says, uh, my business is a Christian business, I have to, okay. Really? Because some of the ones that said that they are Christians will cut you faster than some of the others. Now, I've experienced that time and time again. Some of the ones that said, hey, I'm a pastor. I said, okay, really? Step back and let me observe. Because some of those would cut you too. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing some of the people, some uh, pastors behind the scenes. I'm seeing and, and, and they make confessions, you know, how they've gone to a church and every place that they've gone, they had, a, they had a sister there waiting on them. And this pastor was married. He was married. Now, thank God he has repented. But there was a time in his life and his ministry when he went from place to place. And after the message, he, he confessed that uh, sometimes my eyes would just connect with the sister. And I knew I would be going home with her. And sure enough, it went like that time after time after time after time. This man is married and he is preaching and proclaiming the word of God, but living an adulterous life. We got to have someone real. Real. And this is why, because of things like that, this is why the world system looks at Christians by and large and says, I don't want some of that. I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't know what you have, but I don't want it. Because they've seen so many phony baloney examples. But I'm telling you that in these last days, God is raising up the body of Jesus Christ with power and with glory. And as he does that, the fake will be clearly seen and the genuine will arise. Why? Because Jesus is coming soon. He's coming soon. And before he, before he raptures the church, there will be an end time revival when multitudes and multitude, millions if not billions of people will be saved upon the earth. They will come into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, but they will only do that when we make a decision to give the Father all of our lives, all of it. The part that we hold back from God is the part that will damn us. That would be so damaging to us. God wants all of it. Let me give you an example of this. There was a man at a restaurant, and it was a very fancy, very fancy restaurant, very fancy restaurant. And he ordered um, a filet mignon and caviar and some other fancy dishes that I can't even uh, pronounce right now. Tamara can't even pronounce it. And, of course, the dishes there, I mean, it was like $500 a plate. $500 a plate. And, but there was a new waiter that was serving him. And uh, something had happened there in the kitchen. This waiter was very honest. And something happened in the kitchen. Uh, I think the owner had a dog in there in the back in the, in the kitchen or something. And, and uh, one of the plates... Uh, the plate was the dog messed over the plate some kind of way and did something very stinky and bad to the plate. But because they were really full and really understaffed, you know, they got most of it off the plate. And they brought the plate out to the man. 
and said, well, here is your steak, which is brown, and here are some other things on your plate that are brown. The waiter told him there was an accident in the kitchen, and we got most of it off of your plate. You don't mind, do you? We got most of it off. The food is good, and most of this stuff is off. You want it? By the same token, we go to the world and we tell them about Christ and we say, I got most of this out of my life. And we stop at most. Let's get back in. Let's, let's take our time and get washed there in the sink. Let's get washed. Let's get washed. Let's get washed. Let the Lord wash us. Hallelujah. Which is going to be a daily process. Hallelujah. So that he can serve you. I'm mostly a Christian. Well, what else are we? There's going to have to be a difference. When we make a decision, they will make a when we make a distinction, rather, they will make a decision. But again, uh, those that people that there are people that are honestly seeking God, honestly seeking God. They really want to know, is Jesus the way? Is Jesus truly the way? You know, one people, one thing, let me give you another example. When people want to go buy a car or when they want to uh, go to a new restaurant, they ask people that have been there. How was that? How was the food? How was the service? And people that have done that, they can come back and give you a witness, give you a testimony as to how it was. I've seen a, I've seen a, a man driving a and I said, you know what, I want to know about that car. And, you know, I'm asking, well, how was your experience with it? You own it. You drive it. How long have you had it? How was it to you? Well, if the man tells me this is a piece of junk, I wish I had never bought this. Hmm. Now, you own it, you drive it, you charge it, and all this stuff, and you tell me it's this and that. Why in the world would I buy it? But if I hear your testimony about what the Lord has done for you, then that gives me evidence to seek him out myself. Look at the book of Acts, Acts the first chapter. Acts the first chapter, verses 1 through 8. This is, of course, right after uh, or shortly after uh, the Lord's resurrection, and these are his apostles that goes forth. These are new Christians that go forth. And listen to this. Acts the first chapter in verses 1 through 8. And it says this. The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up. After that, he through the Holy Ghost had given commands unto the apostles whom he had chosen to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, beginning, uh, rather, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining uh, to the kingdom of God. Verse 4, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but what? But wait for the promise of the Father, uh, which saith, rather, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? He said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the father have put in his own power. But verse number eight, he says, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. 
and ye shall be witnesses. Say witnesses. Let everybody in Africa hear you say witnesses. All right, all right. But you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. He said, you know, you have the experience. You got word, but you need to wait until you get power. Why? Because we as humans need to see evidence. Need to see how it's working in you. How is it working in you? How is it working in you? The Lord said they need evidence. They need power before they go out. Now, this is one thing the Lord has often done in scripture. When he sent Moses out to deliver the children of Israel, he didn't just send Moses out with a word. He sent Moses out with power, word and power. He told Moses, as Moses saw the burning bush, and he told Moses, all right, put your hand in your shirt, put your hand in your jacket and pull it out. Well, it became white, as, white with leprosy. He said, put it in your vest again or your shirt again. And he pulled it back out and it was clean, right? He told him, what's that in your hand, your staff? Well, put it down on the ground and it became a snake. He sent them there. He sent Moses in with signs and wonders to validate his ministry, to validate his claim that he had come from God. And what is Jesus doing? He's also sending his apostles, his ministry, his body forth, not only with word, but also with power. So it is up to you and I to seek the father because power is your right. Power to live a godly life, power to work a ministry of signs and wonders in some capacity, praying for someone and get an answer. It is your right as a believer with the father, as a born again believer in the body of Christ to demonstrate, to give people evidence, to give a witness. The Lord said that you will be witnesses after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You'll be witnesses after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Well, I thought they had already received the Holy Spirit. Well, let's go back and look at John 20. Let's see what happens as Jesus was resurrected and he was there with them, closed with the disciples, closed up in the room. And he says here in, in John 20, uh, John 20, verse 21, then said Jesus to them again, peace be unto you as my father hath sent me, as my father hath sent me, even so send I you. Well, how are you going to send this, Lord? In verse 22, it says, when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Receive it. In verse 23, whosoever, uh, whosoever sins ye, re ye remit, they are remitted unto you. And whosoever uh, sins uh, ye retain, they are retained. Now, this was a separate experience and we're about to close. So I pray you really hear. This was a separate experience. Jesus, first of all, breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So they had the Holy Spirit within them. But he said, wait in Jerusalem until you be endued with power because the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and come upon you. So this tells you that when we are all born again, when we are all born of God, we receive a deposit of God's spirit and God's spirit is in you for your sake. The Holy Spirit is there to comfort you on the inside, to teach you, to train you, to lead you into all truth for you. But he comes upon you. He feels you for everyone else that's around you. 
These are two separate experiences. He's in you for your sake. He comes upon you or he feels you for the sake of all those that are around you. It is our obligation to seek the Father for this power, for this authority, for the Holy Spirit, for the complete infilling of the Spirit so that we may demonstrate or provide a witness or evidence for the world. Because there are people around you, there are children, your children, there are grandchildren, there are nieces and nephews, there are people that are caught up in, that are caught up in Satan's web that will not be freed except they see. And when they see, they will then begin to believe. Are you hearing? Now listen, it says the Lord said that you will be my witness. So their witness again is not based upon their Christianity, whether they are Christian or not, is based upon the power that they possess. He says, you'll be my witnesses after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Are you, are you hearing what we're saying? So again, a witness is one who, who has firsthand knowledge of an event. A witness is one who has seen, heard, or felt, or experienced something. He or she can then testify to the truth of something. To the truth, in this case, to the truth of Christ. They wonder, is Jesus really alive? Didn't he die on the cross somewhere? The, even so, listen, I've, I've, I've known this before, and again, I'm closing. I've known Christians to not understand basic Bible truths. I've known them. They've been to church for many, many years, and they cannot, they cannot understand basic Bible truths because maybe in most of their places, maybe they just get a simple salvation message every week and they don't understand their responsibility, the responsibility that God has placed upon them to be a witness for them. They think that being a witness simply means trying to be good around other people, trying not to hurt anybody, uh, you know, trying not to curse, trying not to really fuss and get it, you know, try to be good. That makes me a witness. But that's not what the Bible calls a witness. A witness goes forth with the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I've told you several times I've been different places and uh, even at Walmart I was there uh, and there were two ladies there in the cookie aisle and I saw one lady and she was just holding her mouth is holding just doing this and, and just doing that and I knew I mean just by observation the woman was in a lot of pain and so there in the cookie aisle I asked may I pray with you and she said yes Okay, well, I was just going to touch her, touch her on her, uh, her arm very gently, but she grabbed my hand and forced it on her face. I said, oh, this woman is ready for a miracle. Praise the Lord. And so I prayed. I said, I'm like, God, you got to do it now. And so I prayed in the mighty name of Jesus. And a few moments after that, right there in the cookie aisle, she did like this. She said, Mama, it's gone. It's gone, it's gone, it's gone. It's gone. 
glory to God in the highest. There is power that comes along with this. There is power. There's power. And because we haven't sought the power of God, we haven't known about it. We have not sought the the uh, the Christian the real Christian life because a real Christian life is not one that is weak and defeated. We are powerful through God in Christ Jesus our Lord. We're not meant to run from the devil. The devil is meant to run from us. Hallelujah. We're not meant to be sad and depressed and fearful all the time. Fear should fear us. Hallelujah. We are sons of God, children of God. And the Bible declares as Jesus is, so are we in this world. We carry the name of Jesus. We carry the presence of God. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the world needs to see evidence of that. Other than that, all we have is something that's purely academic. Oh, I know what God says. Yes, there's a good Bible study, good Bible teaching. Yes, but where's the power? Where's the power? Where's the glory? Now look at this in Acts, the second chapter. Acts, the second chapter, verse again, verses number one through eight. We just we were just in Acts the first chapter, verse one through eight. Let's go to Acts the second chapter, verses one through eight. And let me show you how honest people who are seeking God, how all they need to see is a sign from God, and they're turn their hearts to Him. Look at this. It says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly they came, they came, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and they rather, and there appeared unto them clothed in tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance. Verse five. And there were uh, dwelling at Jerusalem. Who's there? Who they were dwelling at Jerusalem? Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. People that were there, some were Jews and some were not, just devout people that had heard about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and that had turned their hearts from their idolatry, turned their hearts from all these other gods, and and came to the temple to seek the face of God. And so they were all there worshiping and trying their best to seek, seek the Lord, to get a word from the Lord, trying their best to get the favor of God on their lives. And they heard a, a commotion. They heard a commotion. Look at this in verse number six. It says, now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Verse seven, and they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Again, miracles gives you a platform to speak. When they see, 
When they see you operate in the power of God, when they see you even operate in the power of God in your finances and in your home, when they see your marriages together, it gives you credibility to speak into their marriage. When they see how well your children are behaved, it gives you credibility to speak into them. When they see how fit you are, I see a man that is buff like that. That helps me say, hey, I want to be like that too. So how'd you get that? When they see you, when they can see something in you, it gives you a voice to speak to them. But who's going to listen? I'm sorry, but I'm not going to listen to someone who, who is not physically fit to tell me how to be fit. Or I've had a man that was divorced about four times trying to tell me, give me marital advice. Sorry, I'm not really hearing that right now. I understand that there's wisdom in everything and everybody has some type of wisdom and I can receive some things, but I would rather listen to somebody that seems at least to have it together. Are you hearing? And so miracles gives you a platform to speak. So when all these people saw this and saw what was done, then Peter began to speak. He began to say, he began to usher out wisdom. Now look at this in Acts, the second chapter, verse 14. And it says this, but Peter, uh, standing up with the 11, lifted up his voice and said unto them, ye men of Judea and all that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. He continues then to preach and tell them that this is what the what the prophet Joel spoke about, how God will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. This is that. And then he goes on in verse 36. It says, therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made the same Jesus whom ye crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And they said in verse 38, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And so we see here, what I want you to see is that without the demonstration of power, they would not have believed. They would continue to go the same way they were going. And it is up to you and I to seek the face of God because the Father has power that he still wants to pour out in great measure upon his church in every area of your life. If you are a fry cook at McDonald's, you can be flipping burger with power, praise the Lord. And there's something to your flipping technique that will cause others to see, my God, you're really flipping those burgers. And as they come out of your, out of, come out of your station onto the drive-through line and people eat they're going to say, my God, this is some good happy meal. This is a good Big Mac. My goodness, where, where did this come from? Because they'll know it came from the kitchen. You flipping burgers back there, speaking in the spirit. Praise God. There's something about you that's causing a change. If God has called you to sweep the floors, and you're sweeping under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and there's going to be some clean floors. Praise God. If God has called you to be a financial person, there's going to be something about how you have gained the wealth as God calls you to be in the medical profession there's something about you how you're able to minister to your patients and show them the love of God
God. And I'm telling you, God would do that in every area of our lives as we simply call upon him because there is power in store for you and I. There is untapped power, untapped resources that has been laying there for us that is lying dormant in many of our lives simply because we don't seek for it, simply because we don't ask. But if you hunger and thirst for more, God said, I'll fill you with more. If you hunger and thirst for it, God said, I'll give it to you. You're not meant to be weak, sickly, and you're not meant to die prematurely. You're not meant to be broke, busted, and disgusted. God said, I gave you power. And you must receive his power. Now, either God is telling the truth or he's lying. I would rather find out now than later. So what are we going to do? Let's take God at his word, church. Let's take him at his word. Let's take him at his word. Now, love what just happened when me and Brother Richard were up here just the other day. So I was getting uh, this morning CD together. Then they anointed praise sisters. Then they do such a great job today in praise and worship. Oh, we thank God for their ministry as they ministered under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. As Richard and I was up here, he began to tell me how for a couple of weeks he, he said, oh, I've been down in my back. I've been down in my back. Didn't you, Richard? He said, I've been down in my back. I've been down my back. He said, he said, I don't want to complain. I don't like to complain. He said, but I just speak the word over myself. I just speak the word. I just pray. I just pray. I just pray. We said, I said, oh, you know what we're going to do? Let's finish this CD because we got to have it ready for Leslie. Let's finish the CD. And after we finish the CD, we're going to go ahead and pray. So we finally got it together. My God, in the time we had getting that together. And when that brother Richard, I'm telling you. We hit difficulty after difficulty after difficulty, but God finally got the glory. Praise God. So we got that CD together, and Richard and I came down to the altar, and that was just Saturday, Friday, or Saturday, one of the two. And so we came down to the altar, and Richard said, you know, he said, I can't even, I, I can't even, he said, I couldn't even reach down and pick some off the floor. He told me if something fell on the floor, he said, y'all got to get it because I can't get that. Oh, boy. But we laid hands upon him and declared the word of God over his life. I joined my faith to his. And in just a few moments, he began to go, ooh, look at this. He be I began to see the glow of God all upon his face. Praise the Lord. I said, brother, you do feel better, don't you? He said, this feels good. This feels good. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. It was God that worked. God at work in us and through us. Hallelujah. And now we got a witness. Now we got a testimony of how good God is. Hallelujah. And how he still answers prayers. Amen. But we've got to cry out for it. We've got to hunger for it. We've got to thirst for it. There are promises laid up for you and I that we must go after. We must seek for. The Lord wants you to live an abundant life. He wants you to live life abundantly. He wants you to be happy. He wants you to be joyful in every area of your life. You know, have you ever read that scripture before how Jesus went from town to town making people depressed? You ever read that scripture? Because it doesn't exist. Have you read the scripture how the apostles or the disciples were so, I mean, they were so depressed all the time. They were worried all the time. My God. No, you don't see that. Now, we can all have down days and up, down and up days. We can understand that, right? 
Surely there are some times we can just get weak in our faith and we need some encouragement to pick us back up. But your weakness should be an exception and not the rule. We've got to hunger and thirst for him. He has power that is laid up for us that we must go after. Either he's telling the truth or he's lying. You must be a witness and you must provide evidence. Now pray that you make that decision today. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this time you've given us. Lord, I pray that every word that was spoken, Lord, I pray every word that was spoken by you would enter into our hearts and it will produce a mighty tree and it will produce fruit that will bless all of our lives. Father, I pray that you would that you would cause us to hunger and to thirst for righteousness, to hunger and to thirst for the presence, for your presence in our lives. Because Lord, there are so many people around us that really need to know you. And we know you we talk to you and they have no idea lord use us as a sign use us as a wonder lord let your glory shine about us in us and through us to affect a change in the world around us when they hear us don't let them just hear us but let them hear you through us lord when they feel us don't let them just feel us but let them feel you through us lord when we come into the place don't let them just feel our presence but let your presence come upon that place father we pray that you would have your way in all of us and lord that we wouldn't leave anything out but we would give all to you but we need your help to do that so today Lord we God we we do repent we do repent and Lord we ask you for the grace now for the grace we receive the grace to live this life abundantly and to prove to prove that what you said is true and to be a witness to be a witness to despise everything that is not of you and to receive everything that is that is of you. Lord, we give you praise today and we thank you for this time together as one family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. See you next time. Hallelujah. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you, and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.